Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, welcome to a special version of Busted Balls, the uh, can't make this up uh, subtitle that we have. Uh, Often we'll be doing this, talking about the Lions when it happens, or maybe something else happens that's better than it. And uh, we all know what it is. We saw it on Sunday. Uh, it was a classic example, at least so far, of the Lions having this absolutely massive buildup, maybe as big as it's ever been, bigger than in 2011 when they got to the playoffs, bigger than 2014 when they got in, bigger than when they started 9-4 and four under Bob Quinn's first year. And everybody thought he was the greatest general manager of all time, the biggest of ever. And they lost to Seattle. Now, what does it mean? Now, Evan and I, and Evan Jenkins, our webmaster, who joins me on this every week, he understands this because we saw it over and over again. Uh, sitting together at the games, uh, it, right next to each other, it's like, well, here it goes again. And First thing every time it happens, well, uh, we text each other. I make sure I always text Evan and say, hey, it, it happened again. And look, I don't even tell you what it is. You know what it is. It's like this unbelievable. You couldn't have said anything about the Lions in any kind of regard other than they were a Super Bowl contender. And there was like 80% of the people in this town were looking at it and saying to themselves, oh, don't say anything bad. This team's ready. And now it's like 80% of the people are like, well, you know, they got some injuries and Atlanta's a pretty good team and, and all this because they lost to Seattle. Now, Evan, I don't know how you feel about it, uh, but the way I feel about it is it's kind of the classic overreaction. We really don't know if it's different. But the idea that the Lions were going to be like some cakewalk to wonderfulness this year was utterly ridiculous. Don't you agree? We tried to push the brakes on it a little bit. What kind of pushback have you gotten on that? I mean, my gosh. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a pessimist when it came to the Detroit Lions. I mean, I, I of course I'll root for them being from here and being around them as much as I have over the last 20 years. But I never was sure if the team was closer to the team that started one and six last year, or the team that finished eight and two. And my reasoning was I felt they were closer to in between than they were towards the latter end of the year. Now, when that game kicked off, I mean, Kansas City win blew me away. I was wrong. I didn't think they were going to win that game, even with the injuries going on with Kansas City. 
But now you bring me to Seattle, you see everything going on. The only thing I was different about, Pat, I never thought they were going to lose that game. When they got the ball back with two minutes left, down three points, I was like, they got this. They absolutely got this. It wasn't until the play calling transpired that they got to overtime, and I said to my wife, they're going to lose this. But it, it just – it had – it. It didn't reek of Lions of old because, like I said, I thought they were still going to win. But there was still some Lions of old crap that happened during that game. David Montgomery fumbling that ball out of halftime. I was like, come on. You got to be kidding me. Can't make that up. Jared Goff, like all week we had heard about how he had this completion record and third highest in NFL history. Another thing I had said to my wife, I said, Jared Goff's going to throw an interception in this game. And she's like, why would you even say something like that? I said, just because of all the talk, it's just how things happen, right? And now this week, I've seen on social media, he holds like eight or nine games in a row with a QBR over 85, which I think might be an NFL record or something like that, or at least a franchise record for the Detroit Lions. And I'm like, oh, my God, here we go again. But what what this solidified for me is that we still have to wait and see what this team is. Now, if they come back this weekend against an Atlanta team that's 2-0, and nobody expected that, Pat. You know that. That can run the ball well, which had been the Lions' Achilles heel last year. Do they stop it? What What do we see coming in this week? I think it was, like Campbell and some players said, a piece of humble pie where they might have been reading the press clippings and seeing all the positivity and maybe, you know, just needed that thing. But the thing that did make me laugh that you can't make this up was the ski mask stuff. Oh, it's unbelievable. They sell thousands of these ski masks across Metro Detroit. And the very first game that they do at Gardner Johnson, the guy that was all about it ends up tearing his back and you got to feel bad for him and the team. But it's just like, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of when Kevin Smith was drafted here and he said, we're going to the playoffs. Just pump the brakes as a player, in my opinion. Well, I've seen it over and over again. I'm old enough to remember another one bites the dust. And, oh, dude, uh, don't, don't, yeah, don't. It was, it was. Spider-Man Allen. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> it's oh, just, man. it seems like when they put the cart before the horse, it never it, works. It, it It's happened so many times here. And this time it was like it on, you know, PEDs or steroids. Or <laughs> And, uh, I, I, honestly, if you think this is some lament, you know, I'm going on to some same old Lions rant. I, I don't think they're the same old Lions. Honestly, no. I think they've done a good job of drafting. I think they did a good job of building their team uh, through the offseason. But every move that they made, there's always situations in the NFL that go sideways. And it's not so much something like this happening. It's how you react. But what I've liked about this particular group is when they've lost a couple games, or even in the game against Seattle, they came back. They kept bouncing back, you know. But after the game, I could never uh, seem to be on the same page with what a lot of fans have with their narratives about the Lions. I'm sorry. It wasn't the defense that lost that game. I know that people are criticizing the defense like crazy, and I'm not saying they played well. But they gave up 24 points in regulation. 
All right, 24 points. One of the scores was a pick six. And you mentioned the golf thing. His interception streak didn't just break on a play. It broke on a pick six that put them behind the eight ball to lose the game. And the defense gave them the ball back. With that plenty of time. I mean, and they didn't take a shot to score a touchdown. Now, the defense was a sieve in overtime. Uh, that there's no excuse for. And, then, you know, the officiating was terrible on both ends of the, the field. I mean, that was an absolutely awfully officiated game. But, you know, it's like, okay, you know, Goff isn't the greatest quarterback in the history of the world. He went from being absolutely the worst quarterback ever at this time last year or whatever. A bridge quarterback. Bridge quarterback and all this. To like, oh, I'd rather have him than Stafford. They won the trade hands down. Now to, you know, he's getting a lot of credit because his statistics are good, but he threw a pick six. Who does that remind you of? Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford throughout that time. You cannot, you throw a pick six in a game, your chances of winning go down precipitously. What happened to Patrick Mahomes when he threw a pick six? Yep. The other thing about the defense only gave up two touchdowns in Kansas City. Last year, they held uh, Aaron Rodgers to nine points and picked him off how many times? Yeah. It's at least three in that one game. Yeah, Kirby uh, Joseph had two, I think. They stymied Cook. They stymied Jones. They stymied Chicago's backs, the Jets' backs, the Giants' backs, you know, and, and ended up winning eight out of ten games because their defense improved. Even in the game in Green Bay, they didn't score a lot of points. They had one really bad game against Carolina. So it wasn't, you know, and everybody's like, well, they didn't get any push on the, up the middle. You don't get push up the middle when they're running, you know, three-step drops and letting the ball loose. Right. And, and they did get a huge sack that handed the ball to the offense at a time when they should win the game. Like I said, they weren't great. They, you know, you don't get a turnover. You don't get more sacks than that and all this. But – it wasn't the defense that lost that game. They well, were, part, you know, it's so crazy because usually in the NFL or like game time, it's like, all right, defense, go get us this win. Rely on your defense. We heard how they retooled this defense, and you, I, I mean, I know that Mosley's not out there, but you knew that coming into the season that odds were he wasn't going to be playing right away. That's so you, you can't right. use that as a crutch. You know what I mean? And I just. I felt that the defense had played their best possession as a defense the drive before, like we talked about. Aiden Hutchinson finally got his hand on a pass. You know what I mean? They finally got a sack on Geno Smith. Granted, it was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen a quarterback do, run around like that when you can just easily throw it away. But I agree with you, Pat, that like it just seemed like he got, for a very aggressive coach, to get timid. And it just seemed odd to me how you can be so aggressive for three quarters or hell, three and three quarters quarters, and then in the last two minutes, sit on it. And it's just, that doesn't seem like the killer instinct like I thought Dan Campbell had. Because how can you have the balls to do a fake punt on your own 17 in game one that could totally flip that game upside down, but then you get the ball two minutes and then you do this conservative stuff. I'm not a head coach in the NFL. I never will be, so he's going to know more about football than me. But it just makes you wonder, doesn't it? Like how one guy can go so fierce and then be like, eh, I don't know. Well, it, it was uh, – those decisions are damned if you do, damned if you don't a lot. Correct. So, you know, but he, he, he was wrong on every front in that game. I mean, the, the, the touchdown, you mentioned the Montgomery fumble. That was a 23-yard touchdown drive. 
The other one was 45 yards. You know, I mean, it was, you know, they were on the other side of the 50. You well, know, and you think about the other times that the Lions held the Seahawks to what? Two missed field goals, too? Think about that. That I mean, they did their job. I just, I don't know. I would love to sit in a room with him and just be candid. When I say him, I mean Dan Campbell and just wondering, is it, did you just not trust your defense? Well, because he said he didn't want to give them time on the clock and then you're, you're basing it on a 50, 50 flip. Yeah. But that didn't make any sense because if you get a couple first downs, you got a chance to take a shot at the end zone and they played so conservatively. They, um, they played for the field goal. Like they had already predetermined that that's what they were going to do. And it, it, let's put it this way, Evan. If you've got an overtime period, all right, and they give you the ball at your at the at the 45 yard line or whatever it is, isn't you know, don't you think you got a pretty good chance of scoring a touchdown and winning the game? You know, you have to score a touchdown the first time you get the ball. Would you be playing for a field goal so that they get it back? I wouldn't, but I I come from the Jim Schwartz, don't call me scared school. So it's just, where do you, I heard the guys in the afternoon and they were debating this and does it rank up there kind of with Jim Caldwell's overtime, Hail Mary, back and forth type deal and coaching decisions? It wasn't, I don't know. There've been a lot of them down through the years. (laughs) You think? Taking the wind. I think we covered yeah, that, that the first part of this. Yeah, Marty Morningwig taking the wind. <laughs> uh, you know, Caldwell, uh, he had a number of them. I mean, he was a game mismanagement uh, disaster. That's what ultimately was his biggest downfall, I thought. Absolutely. You know, his team kind of quit on him, like Lions teams sometimes do on their coaches. So by the end uh, – you know, although they really missed him when they got a dose of Matt Patricia at the training camp. But that was not uh, a good transition. No. <laughs> so I don't know where it ranks. It depends. You know, look, this whole thing that happened, and this is the important thing from what we do here on this podcast, you can't make it up, is how do you look at it in the perspective of the Lions and their history? All right. Did did it happen again? Okay, it would be the Lions have this enormous buildup, lose that game to Seattle and go out and have a season where they're like seven and 10, something along those lines. Don't make the playoffs. That, you know, is entirely possible. All right. I'm not saying it's probable. I think they're still going to win double digit games. I think they're going to win against Atlanta. If that happens, this game goes down as one of those moments. It's yeah. a Lions moment. If they bounce back and make the playoffs, or if they, especially if they have a real good year and win the division, maybe win a playoff game, something along those lines, then it, it, this will be forgotten. So it's yeah, all I, about how they react. I think Dan Campbell and the Lions, too, at least with this town, is going to get the benefit of the doubt until they're completely out of it. And what I mean by that is he he built a lot of cachet last year going eight and two in the final 10. And so nobody's going to write him off because of the way that they were able to bounce back. I mean, when they started one and six, we all sat around here like, God, did they get it wrong again? And then you see him bounce back and buy in. And maybe this is what they need. Maybe they, they don't need to be the sexy team. You know what I mean? 
maybe they need to be the the 10 things I hate about you girl that comes down, takes off the glasses and you're like, whoa, you know, one of those types of deals. And, and some teams need that chip on the shoulder. You know what I mean? Instead of being the targeted, you want to be the hunter. So a couple other things here. One, the ACL thing, Brad Holmes has to revisit that. It's not working out well for him. The idea that an ACL surgery is akin to taking your automobile in for an oil change and you're going to come out, it's going to be better than ever, uh, isn't true. It's not like an oil change. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley hasn't seen the field. Jamison Williams, I mean, there's other factors there, but the ACL, that wasn't good. All these other teams, one of them coming in here with Drake London, that took wide receivers early in the draft are getting benefits from it. Uh, that Mitchell kid, is he playing tight end for them? I think he took like three snaps for him last week. Or right, along those right. Lines. So, uh, and I don't know what's going to happen with Hendon Hooker. I didn't mind that pick based on it, but he's a little older. You know, hey, you know what? If you look at his other picks, it's been pretty good. The other thing that comes up is Broderick Martin. If you take a kid like that and you, you want to – why didn't he play? Is he good enough to play? What happened there? That seems odd. The other thing is Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs, here's the problem people don't realize. Jameer Gibbs has pass protected twice, and he's gotten blown up both times. His pass protection rating from Pro Football Focus is 13. I've never seen a lower grade than 13. <laughs> it's like if I went out there. Okay, so he's only done that twice. You've got to have somebody to protect your quarterback in the backfield. And, you know, if you look, it isn't a good look so far. All right, Jalen Carter, and look, I wouldn't have taken Jalen Carter. I told people this, but he had the highest rated rookie uh, number the first week of the season in pro football focus. It was over 90. The second week of the season, you know who had the highest rated uh, rookie uh, number? Him? No. Uh, B. John Robinson? No. Close, oh, though. I don't, I don't know. Christian Gonzalez. Oh, I you know what? I did know that. And I saw the stat how he locked down Tyree Kill and even even had an interception against him. Yeah. He's played off the charts and you you were big on him before the draft, even like we started talking That's about That's why I said they should take him. or a corner. Where are the Lions like really thin now? Everybody's talking corner. about their pass rush. Corner. Mm -hmm. Outside corner. Because yeah, they're in okay. the same spot they were last year with it. Because Okuda was a bust, you know, so the Mosley thing, not good. You know, tough break on Gardner-Johnson, that can happen at any time in any way in football, not good. But you got to admit that's got Lions karma all written all over with the blue mask thing. I, yeah. I, when, I, when I heard that, I was like, and I said it, don't do that. Just don't do it. I don't know why, but that's just a recipe for disaster here, you know. Uh, so we'll see uh, how things go. I think this is a litmus test game, but I do think they're going to win. I'll tell you why. They can run. Uh, Atlanta runs the ball first. The Lions can stop the run, I think, if they load up on it. That's going to put the ball in the hands of Ritter. And I think Ritter, if you do that enough, there's going to be a turnover or two that comes out of that. And uh, I think the Lions will be able to move the ball on Atlanta's defense. I think the Lions' offense – it's just they didn't cover themselves enough at running back. Oh, we forgot to mention DeAndre Swift. 
Hmm. Hmm. 175 I mean, yards. Now he didn't do anything in the first game, but well, boy, they didn't you the see that you see that breakout, and I'm like, I'm watching the game, and that's how he ran when he was with the Lions. And I do have to bring this up because so many people made a big deal about how DeAndre Swift missed games. Yes, he missed three or four in a year, and I understand you want your running back out there. And David Montgomery never got hurt, never missed games. It's like, huh. You just can't make it up. You can't make this up. So, uh, yeah, we this is our version of it. Uh, we'll have them. And, look, it's just not going to be like every time the Lions blow it or whatever. That isn't the intention of this. No, that was a special loss, Pat. That yeah, was that was one loss. of those losses where we have to look at it. And I'll say this. I don't. I don't think it's the same old line. I'm not going there with this. That I agree with you. Of the podcast, it's just to talk about you know the dynamics surrounding the team and its fans. I mean, you you all out there, you know, you set a tone, and the tone that you set was like, you ever watched the Thanksgiving Day Parade from like New York, Evan? Oh you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where they got those big balloons. Well, this yeah. was one that was a lion size, and it just kept growing and growing. It grew so much that they couldn't fit it between the buildings and had to fly it up there above that. And Seattle came in and took a little pin, and the thing went. Well, and you know what I wondered about it too, Pat, is you know everybody looks for motivation from different spots, right? So if you're the Seattle Seahawks, you watch that game against Kansas City. You see Brad Holmes slapping five like they won the Super Bowl, running around the stadium. Then you see the blue ski mask stuff. Do you think any of that added to the Seahawks? Like, we're going to go get this. They're not going to do that to us. Yeah, well, they seem to after the game. Right. It just made me wonder, like, if Brad Holmes could go back and do that, maybe not celebrate win one like you just hadn't ever won a football game before. I I understand the excitement was there, but it's just – it made me wonder. I think it's just got to be too much. And I think that this was a a correction, but more – a natural correction. Seattle was a lot better team than what it was against the Rams. Oh, yeah. They, they were very determined. They were getting, you know, skewered in Seattle. And see, the Seahawks are huge in Seattle. I mean, they have a championship pedigree there and a probable Hall of Fame coach. So they got a lot of motivation, used everything they could. And the Lions – you know, they didn't play their best game against Kansas City, but they won that game, and it was there was so much buildup for it that I think there was a little bit of a, a, a mm-hmm. come down. Now the Lions are getting skewered, and they're going to have to respond, and I, I think they will, you know, to I be honest too. with you. And even if they lose the game or have a season that isn't the greatest, I still think they're built so that they can sustain themselves in the future and come back next year. So I'm not, you know, in the past it was like all or nothing. And I think right. it's, been, it's been put that way this year when it actually isn't. And I think the organization needs to understand that a little bit more and not get all caught up in its fandom, you know, when it when it gets like that. But so, but anyway, enjoy doing the podcast. Uh, we'll be back doing prospect podcasts. I got a, a Tigers podcast coming up here uh, shortly, Red Wings, as they start their season. Uh, check out my columns at odyssey.com, 97.1 The Ticket, uh, Pat Caputo 98 on Twitter, uh, the 97.1 The Ticket Twitter account and Facebook uh, pages. 
Uh, Evan, uh, king of the KC, uh, he posts all that stuff up there as well. And uh, download this, Bustin' Balls, the podcast. This is a special version of it. Uh, download that at the uh, iTunes Store, Google Play Store, uh, odyssey.com, wherever you get your podcasts. And we appreciate it, like it, subscribe to it, whatever. Uh, I don't know. I think we're going to start throwing these on YouTube, too. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff with this and uh, appreciate you all very much. Evan, thanks. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.